Hello everyone and welcome back to The Film Aspect, the podcast where we talk all aspects of film. It's your boys, Aaron and Brian, back again after a wee hiatus. How was your week, Brian? Did you take full advantage of your free afternoon last week? Absolutely not. Well, kinda, <laughs> if, you, if you consider taking full advantage doing boring as fuck uni work, then yes, <laughs> full advantage. Gotta get ahead in those grades. I know. That, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Rather be here talking films with me. Absolutely. This is this is my my you know the golden goose. This is <laughs> this is like the high the, the best part of the week, sitting down and chatting film without somebody rolling your rolling their eyes at you. Hi, <laughs> like, here's this film guy again, man. Jeez, I know. Um, <laughs> I don't bother talking about films any other time now. I just, I'm, I'm I just barely, save it for this. I I barely I'm I'm kind of the same. See now that I have my wee outlet Aye. to get all my all my talks out in a few hours, like that that does me now because I could tell I used to hate like because I was always trying to bring up film, but you have that look in people's faces where they're like, they have the capacity to talk about film for maybe a couple of minutes, Aye. no, thirty five minutes outside <laughs> work where they're just like, ah, I just kind of want to go, mate. Um, anyway, thank you for making. November, our most listened month ever to all of the listeners here. Uh, and that's after a month, the month before October being our most listened month then as well. So you've went and outdone yourselves. We really appreciate the support. We would also love to see the show grow even more. So if you want to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, that'd be great. Give us a share on any of your social media platforms and even give us a follow on Twitter at The Film Aspect where we post polls, new episodes and updates to the show like we're not having an episode this week, last week. So I, I actually completely forgot about that and I just had to put it up on the, the, on the day and like, sorry guys, no no episode today. <laughs> but uh, I, I was I was a busy guy. I, I was reviewing games and games belong, so I didn't have the time for it this week. But um, since we're coming up to the Christmas holidays, everything feels like it's finally getting into the Christmas spirit. I got a wee bit of a sense of that the other day. Have you done any Christmas shopping? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much done. I have done... I've just bought one gift the other day and it's basically because the person I'm getting it for literally just messaged me, well, messaged somebody else who messaged me and was like, I want this. And I was like, cool, send me the link. <laughs> but, so that's all I've got so far. Um, But, yeah, we're likely going to be spending most of the festive, pe- festive periods in our home, so we thought we'd run down a list of our top five picks for movies available on streaming platforms. So that will include Netflix, Amazon Prime for myself, and now TV for Brian as well. Yep. Is that right? Yeah. That is right. Are there any others? There's some of the smaller sites, but I don't really... There's Disney Plus, but I mean... Oh, Disney- I actually you, forgot you Disney Plus entirely. what's on Disney Plus? Because if it's a Disney movie, then it's going to be on. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. Iron Man. What? <laughs> Yeah, um, there's some things that cross over between uh, like Prime and Now TV, and and you know, I think there's there's a few things that are on all three of them. I probably should have written them down, uh, but I've, I kind of remember. Oh, yeah, them. yeah, like uh, stuff like the Indiana Jones trilogy and Back to the Future they're across all all streaming services right now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know what I was quite surprised by is when you when I was looking at some of these Now TV actually has a better collection of Marvel movies than Disney does itself <laughs> because they've got the Spider Man movies as well, whereas yeah. Disney Plus doesn't. Um, so that's that's a good sign. <laughs> um, but also, big question: you got a Christmas tree up in your house? Aye, aye. aye. See, after today, after this recording. I'm getting dragged out to some place to buy a real tree. Oh. Ah, I don't... Right, this has been a major... Because I just moved out this year. 
So it's been a major point of contention has been the whole Christmas because Amelia's family and my family, we do Christmas so, so different. And one of those things is the tree. I actually like, see like a fake tree. I think a fake tree looks nice. I think a real tree looks like shit. It looks like it's dying. Yeah. It makes a mess. There's little pines or whatever all out of the place. So I'm not I'm not a fan, but that's what I'm having to do today. <laughs> We're going to have to buy a saw or something like to get it and we need to buy like a base for it. I'm not looking forward to it at all, but that'll be later today. So Aye. Just get a, a <laughs> get a plastic one comes at the box then that's you. Five minutes well, later that, trees up. That's what uh, literally she was going, Aye, but you like you waste money by like, you know, fake trees are so expensive and I was like, Aye, but you only need to buy it once, then you've got it <laughs> for ten years or whatever, you know, like Aye. I'll make it last. Fake tree, you're buying what, like I don't even know how much a fake tree costs. Like, no, a real tree costs. Nah, fake tree is like twenty quid for a five foot one or something. Is it? Aye. I think well the argument is one. <laughs> but but to, because you're not here to listen to about Christmas tree debates, um, <laughs> I have a wee bit of news. It's kind of the same as always these past few weeks, but there's rumours going about that Godzilla versus Kong or Kong versus Godzilla, whatever it's called, is going to go to streaming. Which I think it probably will. Ah, I'm so sad about this because, like, say what you will about those movies. They're cinematic experiences, right? See when Godzilla went subatomic and King of the Monsters. <laughs> Man, I was so hyped up. See, like, the sound and everything. Yeah. That is a kind of big blockbuster movie that you need to see in the cinema. And I just, I honestly, like, I, I honestly, it makes me wonder whether I'll even watch it. I know I will, right? I'm saying that. I know I probably will. But, like, I'm now not excited. Like, that's been something in my head, like, years and like, I didn't even like Kong, really. Like, the Skull Island. Yeah. But the whole time I was thinking, Godzilla versus Kong is going to be cool, man. Like, that's going to be a, a stupid movie, but fun time at the cinema and now uh, I don't know I feel like I need to get a sound bar now just so I can hear Godzilla going <laughs> or Kong going ape I suppose yeah but, uh, that, that, that's that's a bit of a shame I feel I think that's I, I, I just I've been saying it see if the movie industry would have listened to me back in July <laughs> I would have said don't postpone anything get your films out take the hit and make sure the fucking cinema industry survives rather than holding on to all your properties and then eventually having to release them on streaming. Get them uh, out while cinemas are open. That's Apparently, uh, apparently, uh, Wonder Woman is still having a limited, like, a cinematic release in yeah. the UK, even though, <laughs> like, in our area at least, there's, all of the cinemas are closed. Yeah, so, like, it's, I, I'm assuming it's going to be in the lower-tiered districts that you're going to be able to go and see those those films, which is kind of mad I yeah think. It's, it's, but, yeah it's opening in cinemas where it can but like, I think that's I mean I from what I hear from like apparently it had horrible test screenings oh, apparently it is a hot mess <laughs> and uh, I, I wanted it to be good but as soon as I saw the first trailer when the first trailer dropped I was like oh no oh see, no I was more excited for this as something I didn't like the first the first one hmm but it was that oh no baby what is you doing meme that was that was that was my reaction when I'm I not saw I'm, I'm not up to date on that meme <laughs> I think it's a meme uh, uh, it's that guy from <laughs> uh, it's definitely from 
Ah, oh, the guy that said like anger me. management, like the the Adam Sandler. No, the the Hispanic guy. I can't remember. I can't. I, I can't remember the context movie. of the, the 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 saying of the quote. I'm sure it's a meme. <laughs> Uh, or it's a gif or something <laughs> or a gif for all of you <laughs> fucking cavemen out there uh, I can't you just I'm getting schooled here in memes I know, know. I've got no idea mate um, so have you got anything nah nah nothing, nothing at all nothing that's catching nothing your attention at all um, apparently oh no in fact, they said uh, there's rumours going about that Dr. Octopus is going to be in the new Spider-Man film like the, oh, the yeah. same character the same actor so That'll be good. That, best, yeah. probably the best villain from that trilogy. Uh, definitely the best villain for that trilogy. Best Spider-Man villain so far, I'd say. Yeah, really, I, I just, it's so cool. Also, looks way ahead of its time. Like that looks amazing. Yeah. See what him in his arms. He's on the train. He's in the side of buildings. He's dropping Aunt May. I love it. <laughs> I feel like it's every couple of weeks I'm talking about how much I love Spider-Man Two, even though I've not seen it in about a half decade or something. Uh, but you know, maybe one day I'll rewatch it. Um, anyway, streaming films. Do you watch a lot of films on streaming? Because you're a big physical media guy. Oh, I'm a big physical media guy. I did watch a lot of films on streaming where I didn't have uh, Blu-ray player. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> to watch well, DVDs or Blu-ray on. But I, 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 I tend to lean more towards now TV than anything because just because I need to need to set everybody up about the um the sort of the the formula or the format of these streaming services see if you watch amazon prime on anything mm. it is awful and an internet browser is amazing because you can see everything and, and do all these things and get into all your, all your categories and subcategories and whatnot if you watch it in a playstation or like an xbox i would assume or like a fire stick the setup is god awful because all you can uh. do is scroll left to right I just go through all these kind of like you get you get sort of like the highlighted movies of each genre and you don't get to see I see most of my films through Amazon Prime from when I'm in IMDB and it says available on Prime that's how my watch list gets added to and that's how I see films Netflix is kind of the same if you're watching it on in fact if you're watching it on anything I think the setup's pretty balls because you can't really see a lot of what's on Netflix added something that I have been wanting forever and it's they added a random button finally oh did they because you know how you'll just spend so long flicking through it and then you end up just watching something you've seen before anyway yeah whereas this now just click and it'll just randomly start anything on their on their their, their service but i think there is something a wee bit janky about amazon prime in comparison to netflix i think netflix is easy enough and you kind of know what categories you're in and you, you can flick through them pretty quickly. Especially on the PlayStation, you can just like hit one of the triggers and it'll jump like six movies ahead. Oh, right. So you can just flick through it like that. But like Amazon Prime is always a wee bit, especially if you're using a television remote. Yeah. can be a, a bit more awkward. But And I think almost, this is going to sound really stupid, but I almost feel like that is... A, like if there was two shows, two of the same shows or two of the same films that I wanted to watch on Amazon and on Netflix, I'd probably watch it on Netflix Yeah. over Amazon just because, I don't know, I think it's just a wee bit more streamlined. Plus, Amazon one time, I paused, I was watching, I was in the middle of watching like Mr. Robot and I paused, I, pa- <laughs> I paused it and then it was like, 
came up with, you know how it comes up with the pictures, like who's in the scene and stuff like yeah. that. It also showed a picture of like one of the upcoming episodes and showed <laughs> pictures of two characters who at this point were believed to be dead. And I was like, oh. <laughs> we did. So that, yeah. that, um, that, that annoyed me. I kind think, of figured me yeah. I think uh, out of all of them, I think Now TV has the best setup because it just the movies are just tiled. There's just the, it's the posters and they go on for ages, and you don't need to fucking flick or do anything like that. But I'm the opposite for you. I'd I'd rather watch it on Amazon only because if it's available in 4K UHD, Amazon oh, will show yeah. you for no extra money. Whereas you have to pay for the next tier of Netflix yeah. subscription because mm-hmm. apparently I didn't know this Disney Plus show 4K for no extra. Uh, charge as oh, really? well yeah so anything that comes in that higher kind of quality Amazon Prime and uh, Disney Plus will show it at that frame rate whereas Netflix you have to pay like the top tier subscription which I think is kind of bullshit yeah also this is something I find annoying about that though when it comes like I like that they have the 4K but I always found it was a little bit they need to do be- like a better example of like making sure you know that there is actually a 4k ultra hd yeah. version because like it's like a separate tile it's another different like you can click on that movie and the only thing that's really telling it is obviously the title which is usually cut off because it's longer yeah. or the tiny wee black mark next to the prime logo on the top left i don't think they do enough to make it like you should be able to click on something and then go all right do you want to watch this in hd or 4k yeah and then do it like that i think i think that should be an option because at this moment i think a lot of people who have 4k capable tellies will just be skimming over that because they don't realize that it's an option i mean i also think a lot of people probably don't care but then i think it's one of those things when i me too when people start seeing the difference See when mm-hmm. you when you put on a 4K movie and you're like, holy fuck, that actually looks really good. Why why does that look really good? Oh, hang on, man, it's 4K UHD. Um, mm-hmm. If you've got your settings right, because I had to tinker with my TV for a while to get it to <laughs> not look like a fucking video game or, or a TV show or like a a, a theater. I hate I hate that. I hate it so much. But yeah, when you like, switch off the Probably film have mode a, and... a field day if you came and saw mine. I, I think I've just got mine's on cinema picture oh. mode. <laughs> no, I I spent a good like. I don't know, it must have been 20 minutes at least uh, figuring out what all my settings are doing and getting my, my optimum picture. I've got it for a picture for uh, during the day, which is a wee bit brighter, and then at night time, which is a wee bit darker, so I've got two of those set up. Aw, that's cute. I, I love I love that. I, I can't, see, if I see something wrong with a picture, I will not continue the film until it's fixed. I, I think there was only one example ever was that picky, was when it was the the Battle of Winterfell season eight of game of thrones and i went over to my my cousin's house to watch it and they sat down and you know that was a notoriously dark episode in terms of like visually it was really dark because it's yeah. set at night and their telly like i was just like mate i, can't, I actually can't see anything <laughs> like i actually can't see anyone so then i had this whole like i was freaking out because it was actually just before i was like no we need to change this and i'm trying to be so quick so we don't miss anything just because it's it's terrible, and I think that's the thing that's weird. Like a lot of people don't realise how much of a difference it can make by tinkering with your settings. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, I mean the 4K option on on Amazon is, I think the first thing I ever watched was actually that American Gods TV show. Right. And when I put that in 4K, I was like, man, the difference is insane. Like that is almost like a show made to be watched in 4K. So it was. That is really quite a difference, but 
let's get on to the movies. Hi, let's go. Let's <laughs> the, go. The, the, the top pick. Do you, who do you want to go first? I'll go first. I'll I'll start off. I'm just going to start off uh, running them down. So if if I'll start with um, I don't know I don't know what to start with. Um, I'll start with now TV. I suppose. What did you All do? Right, okay. You did you did Netflix and, and Prime? Did mine's you? Are, mine's are Netflix and Prime exclusive. Exclusive. No, not as in like <laughs> as in just those two, not films that are only on those. Right. And, well, uh, I'm gonna go. Like I said, I don't know if you've if I've even said this, but my interpretation of these films is not the best film on yeah, Prime man. or the best film on any of these streaming services. It's what I consider a this time of the year film. It's almost like, like a a Sunday film that lasts the entire uh, like, month of December. Family friendly. You sit down, you watch it, you don't have to think too much, you can switch off your brain and just enjoy what you're seeing. So these yeah, are. Yeah, because I, I feel like otherwise you would have been hitting it with like Lord of the Rings, The Godfather, like yeah. all the ones that everybody knows about. Yeah. So I try to go for. I think I'm kind of similar. I have a, a wee bit more like. I have a wee bit of variety in terms of like more serious ones and then less serious ones. But yeah. generally, it's kind of like films that you can have a good time watching. What I was saying as well is this is. I'm, I'm old enough. I don't, I don't know if other people are still old enough. To remember the the Christmas Day film. What was the what was the Christmas Day film on like ITV or, or Channel Four or something? Was that was that a recreation of you? That back was in, back in nineteen canteen Christmas Day. <laughs> so the, these are all more or less films that I, I I think would you would you wouldn't be surprised to see them on TV at mm. this time of year and Christmas or, or like Boxing Day, Christmas Eve sort of thing. So first one I'm going for is unfortunately a Christmas movie. And uh, it is Jingle All The Way because With uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger With Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sinbad It is <laughs> Perfection I, fucking, I saw this film in the cinema When I was a wee boy <laughs> <laughs> I know And I loved it I've loved it ever since the first time I saw it It is I would, I would I'd Get ready for this uh, listening audience I would liken this to the Shawshank Redemption Right because it is one of those films where I have zero problem watching start to finish and then just starting it right back over again. I could do that with Jingle all the way. Hands down, no bother. That's the one where he's trying to get a toy for his son. Turbo Man, yeah. Aye, but he can't, he can't. Aye, yeah. aye, that is a good one. It's been a while, but I remember, I have a real soft spot for those kind of Arnold movies. I'm really not a huge fan of like Commando and stuff like that. Yeah. But... But those kind of comedies like Kindergarten Cop and and Jingle All the Way are kind of like the it's when Arnold I like I just like where he was where he was at in his career at that point because yeah. he's just like you know I'm this big action man I've done these films but I'm gonna kind of make a fool of myself it's 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 taking the piss out of his hard man persona yeah. in these movies I think that it was it's genius I love it yeah definitely I I I, I think that. That probably his his stint in the nineties probably made him more popular because people oh, yeah. could see he can like he was making fun of himself and, and he did have yeah. a sense of humor rather than just being Conan the Barbarian or Dutch and Predator or the Terminator he was you know he had a personality so yeah Kindergarten Cop twins uh, last action hero even to an extent and yeah I think that's why we're seeing him continue on whereas like people like you know like Bruce Willis is getting the rare odd film yeah. That- is like kind of breaking into the mainstream whereas like Arnold Schwarzenegger he's, I don't think he's really had like a big big hit since but like you know things like The Last Stand which I don't think is really great but it's that ah oh, it's Arnold back again yeah. he's doing action movies like I, I quite like I think he's just very likeable 
Like people would yeah. happily watch. Like they know it's not going to be the best movie ever, and they know it's going to probably be the same as things I've seen before. But it's just watching him doing his thing is far more enjoyable than a lot of these people who maybe took themselves a wee bit too seriously back in the day and didn't have that variety yeah. in their in their uh, their careers. But Jingle All the Way is a, it's a good one. I've I've actually I'm going to start out with a comedy film, and one I have banged on about quite a lot as one of might be one of the best comedies ever made in my opinion I know you're going to really really disagree but that comedy is Game Night I go on about it all the time <laughs> I love this movie I honestly don't think I've ever vibed with a comedy movie as much as this it's got an individually hilarious cast it's impeccably paced and it even has like really good cinematography it really mixes things up with the editing in a way that it just keeps it interesting you know like when characters are telling a story it does it in a visually funny way but it also makes it look like a just a really good professional almost high budget film and man like i actually can't even remember all of the names but um one of the shows i'll be talking about later and what we've been watching there was a guy from new ghetto <laughs> who's in this and he's hilarious and then Jason Bateman's hilarious Rachel McAdams and this is where I falter I don't know the rest of the names but everyone else in this movie is so so funny and it manages to kind of balance the line of its premise really well because I think a lot of these these films where it's all about you know like oh it's a murder mystery party but then it's actual reality like they kind of have that point where you're like ah yeah you know like would that actually happen though or like this is a bit weird now because this is going into like a different territory it doesn't really feel like it, it, it loses the sense of like what the premise is I think with a lot of films but this film manages to keep you in your toes and manages to keep it so playful within that you know because a lot of it they're just playing along with it because they think it's an act but then it's like when they realise it's not and then it all turns the tables on it all and I'm desperate for a sequel to this movie because it kind of like I don't think it was ever saying there would be a sequel but like it ends with it's supposed to be like oh it's the, another robbery or kidnapping's about to happen and honestly I would this isn't the case for a lot of comedy movies but I would pay money just to have my memory wiped so I could watch this with fresh <laughs> eyes again because but the thing like, I've still I have watched this movie like five times and I still laugh at it every time I watch it. And I'm not a big watching movies hundreds and hundreds of times, but yeah. this, this film just does it for me. I love it. I still haven't watched it. You need to watch the, it, mate. Other times you've, it's you've, on, you've it's harkened on it. It's on it. Netflix. <laughs> Is it? What? <laughs> a lot of time like, ever-growing, uh, increasingly unwatched list of films. <laughs> Especially like the the section that's gathering dust is all the films that Aaron says you should watch. <laughs> Aye, pretty much. Well, on you go. What's your what's your next pick? <laughs> My next pick. We're we're ramping this up. It's uh, one you should watch to feel good about yourself. It's the classic. The 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 um, the, the the classic. I was going to say classic again. It is the quintessential Sunday movie oh. available oh. on Now TV, and that is The Goonies. I fucking love the Goonies love it to death I just think think just think for all the American <laughs> listeners it is the it's just it's just the epitome of the kind of the coming of age feel good adventure family film and everybody in it is amazing 
uh, other cast just they work with each other so well and it's just this treasure hunt stuff why the fuck am I describing the goodies everybody's seen it everybody knows what happens in the goodies you know what I mean everybody <laughs> knows because everybody loves it and I remember the first time I probably seen it was uh, way back in the day uh, and it was <laughs> <laughs> it was on a Sunday and I remember watching it in my in my bedroom when I was like 9 or 10 and my wee fucking like 12 inch square massive TV and, and like channel 5 where it just breaks every 3 minutes one, with the, one at the handle at the side where you have to wind it up <laughs> I, the gas telly um, <laughs> and just just loving it ever since then and over the years I've kind of went a few years without watching it and I always kind of come back to it every time, I, every time I watch the Goonies I still feel a wee bit of that magic of the first viewing and I just I think it's some it's, it's just this time of year even though it's not a, a winter film or anything to do with that it's just the kind of the message in the film and like the friendship mm. and the camaraderie and the adventure it just screams you know good viewing and that's that I could not not put the Goonies on this list for today I'm not a huge like Goonies guy. I think I just I watched it too late when I was just I think I was like a teenager by the time I saw it oh right and I was just kind of like, hey, it's all right. Oh, is this the thing with Chunk? Like, do the, is that the do the truffle shuffle thing? Uh, is that yeah. what that's from? And then you get like the, the deformed thing. Yeah. What's it called? Uh, fuck. Uh, I sloth. Sloth. But like, you know, I, I'd heard a lot, you know, I knew about a lot of the references that came out of this movie, but I'm not, I just don't have the connection, the nostalgic connection to make this a special movie for me, which, Maybe a shame, but aye, I was a wee bit kind of, eh, whatever, when nah, I watched that. Nah, nah, <laughs> not at all, mate, not at all. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mix things up from the nice child-friendly treasure hunting to, to <laughs> violence. <laughs> my next pick, I'm not sure, I might have mentioned it before, but it's got my boy Logan Marshall Green in it, right? So you know it's going to be a good time, and that is... The sci-fi movie Upgrade. Have you seen this movie? No. So it basically is a guy, you know, it's a, a future setting. They're in a car. The car, there's a car crash. He's uh, paralyzed. And basically he's offered this opportunity to be given a chip. And the chip controls, means that he can actually walk and stuff again. But he's got a voice inside his head of this computer. And then he can let the chip take over his motor functions because he then is on the hunt. I think, I can't quite remember the beginning of this, but it's either his wife is kidnapped or his wife is killed. I think it's maybe his wife is killed, actually. It's been maybe a year or so since I've seen it, but I just, I love it. So, guy's wife's killed and he uses this chip to hunt down the people because it's got all of these extra wee things that's helping him solve the, the mystery. And then when he gets into fights, this thing can just take over his body and get into these really cool and quite artfully, not artfully, but like they, they film in a really cool, unique way with the fight scenes, and it's funny, uh, and it's just such a cool premise, and then when he gets into all the fights, it's like very violent, but it's like kind of funny violent, but also really pulpy gore as well at the same time, and again, it's like one of those films, although obviously compared to yours, it's a lot darker, but... yeah. It is one of those typical, it's an hour and a half or something like that, and it's not ever too crazy, you know, like, you know, it's not going to reinvent anything here, but it does some nice wee spins 
on things that you've seen before when it comes to like the fight choreography and that mix of really dark themes but with this comedy as well that it is an easy watch at the same time like if you're into those kind of that kind of violent if you can get past all that kind of stuff not saying that it's like crazy violent but there's a bit where he grabs a knife and pulls it through a guy's mouth and splits the guy's head open like a you know like a I don't even know what that is like a Pez <laughs> dispenser or something like yeah. that and um, yeah it's a good time plus can you really go wrong with Logan Marshall Green <laughs> I, I still don't really know who he is so I'm going to say no you can't go wrong with him just to, just to appease you I watch did. the invitation that would be another you know I, I might actually but I'll get on to that I'll make that an honourable mention Oh, spoiler alert, I suppose. <laughs> I'm going to mention the invitation. <laughs> another Logan Marshall Green feature. I still haven't, I haven't seen that either. Ah, oh, mate. Right, what's, what's your next one then? Um, oh, also, I need, to, I need to mention that that film is also looks really good for a film that's got a really small budget. It's only a $5 million budget, but it looks great. And there you go. <laughs> I... I'm I'm gonna I'm just gonna keep on going with my now TV I think and then I'll, I'll oh. do the rest of them as kind of honourable mentions but they're still part of the list just to kind of okay. mix it up so we're, okay. we're covering covering all bases I am gonna go because I've been oh, on that is available on Netflix that's why I forgot that. <laughs> 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 um, uh, because I've been in such a big David Lean kick and you cannot have you cannot have Christmas without war. And I'm saying that, and everybody knows what I'm talking about. So I'm going to throw in Lawrence of Arabia into my list of movies you should watch this this uh, festive season. It is a big one. It's three and a half hours, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, it's just perfect. I I I I cannot believe Peter O'Toole never won an Oscar for this, but I'm not going to get into that debate right now. <laughs> <laughs> it is just, it's set obviously like in a. In Arabia, um, have you seen Lawrence of Arabia? No, oh. I've got two copies of the Blu-ray actually, but <laughs> both aren't out of the wrapper oh. because I had a whole mishap where I bought it for my dad, and then the the Amazon delivery guy put it in like a shed next to our house. So then I was like, "Where's our bloody Blu-rays? I want to send it now." So they sent me that. So I have two copies of the Grand Budapest Hotel and Lawrence of Arabia when I finally found them randomly stuffed in the side of this shed hut thing so I've no I've not I've not seen it it's been one of those kind of like how I was talking about The Godfather a couple of weeks ago like just a long movie that I've just never found that amount of time to sit down and watch yeah well 3 years 50 it kind of is one of those ones you need to sit down but um, Peter O'Toole is amazing Alec Guinness I'm I'm I mean that guy. I've I liked him before because of Bridge in the River Kwai. That's that's like my Christmas Day film. I watch that every single Christmas Day. Have done for the past five or six years. Fucking love it. Uh, that's a David Lean Alec Guinness kind of uh, work together. But Alec Guinness is just he's got such a range, and I, I hate the fact. And obviously, I was one of these guys as well. Only knew him as Obi Wan Kenobi for so long. But see, uh-huh. watching movies from like spanning his entire career. What a fucking range that guy had. <laughs> what a range. I cannot believe it. Every time I see him in something new, he blows me away. He's just phenomenal. And um, Omar Sharif is in this as well, who was in um, Dr. Zhivago. He was Dr. Zhivago, if, if anybody has seen any of these movies, if anybody watches old as fuck films like me uh, <laughs> that are on for 19 days. It's, uh, it's, he's, he's, oh, is the Sheik. Um, I think it's the Sheik. 
Aye. I forgot what I was saying. <laughs> that, that fizzled out there. <laughs> Sharif the Sheikh, Sharif Ali. And uh, it's just, I, I, I feel as if I would be doing a disservice to try and talk about it. See, because it's so long and so much stuff happens in it. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things where I feel as if you need to experience it for yourself because it is such is a, it? it's that, it's the, the, the iconic scene where it's like, right, Lawrence, you're going to Arabia and he lights the match and then he blows the match and then they're in the desert. Like from this close up shot to the big massive wide shot and it's it's uh that's the one everybody kinda goes on about with Lawrence of Arabia. Is it, it like a a life movie? Like just like his life, is it one of no, those? No 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 It's no. um it's because he knows uh about the tribes is sent uh to find a prince to serve as a liaison between Arabs and British. So it's kinda mm. like a, 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 a wartime film, uh um a liaison to fight between the British and the Turks sort of thing. So it's kind of, mm. but it's not really a war-based film, but it's, it's more about the kind of building the relationships and stuff, although there are war elements. But it's it's, it's just such a, because it's, it's such like a, oh, there's a wide scope of things that happen and mm. it's so intricate, but it's just, it's one of those films as well that allowed itself to take its time. They, uh, they don't make films like these anymore. I know that's such an old guy thing to say. They don't make music <laughs> like this anymore. They don't allow films to be this length and to have this level of detail and to just let the characters build and develop and reveal stuff naturally. They just don't allow it to happen. That's why you don't get great cinema. I feel as if I've kind of went way off the point as to why I chose this, but I fucking love this film. I, I'm, I'm in a huge David Lean kick right now. Uh, fast be growing one of my favourite directors um, and I if you've got now TV and you've got a spare four hours watch Lawrence of Arabia see yeah I, these are kind of hitting out with well Lawrence of Arabia is just one that I've had that I've been meaning to watch like see if I have I don't know it's just I get I, I end up valuing my, my time that sounds really bad like to say I'm valuing <laughs> my time too much to watch something like this but like when I get to that point you know I'm just never in the mood to go well i'll check something off the list yeah of like you know this the the well of a million movies classic movies that i haven't seen which really hurt my reputation as a <laughs> film critique you know yeah it really doesn't help but like I, I just i just need to i just need to do it i just need to bite the bullet go for it uh so i might make lawrence of arabia because I'm bad for just going like I'll try and watch that one. I might I think I'm gonna push to make Lawrence of Arabia like if I've to watch any of these films, like that's my one I'll I'll, I'll aim for. But um I'll no doubt have to do it in a day that Amelia is off because she will not be <laughs> not be keen to spend a full evening <laughs> watching this. Um so my next pick is something again, another film that I've probably mentioned in the past. I know I will have because I'm a I'm a huge fan of this movie because it was such a an unexpected hit with me and it's a it's a romance film so i'm i'm kind of i'm partial to a romance film every now and again like i do i do like them i just think the issue is they're so often so so dull you know like an action film can be very stereotypical or whatever cliche but it has the action elements yeah depending on how you do the action that's how you mix it up or maybe like throwing in the character and I think you go the same for a lot of different films, like how you tell the format or whatever is how you steal the show. And so many romance films are so dulled out, like just bogged down with like uncharismatic performances and the mark by mark going by that formula of what we're used to see, like the sad breakup bit. And this movie, 
has those kind of but it does them in a sad way and it does that by mixing in time travel because <laughs> and I think you might know what I'm what I'm going on about here but it, this yeah. film is about time which is available on Netflix and stands to be probably one of my favourite romance films probably next standing next to the greats of like when Harry met Sally right I love this film that much Domo Gleeson has been his gawking, gawky but charming self. Rachel McAdams is like the girl you want to marry. And it's just, it's like a happy watch, but had some real gut punches that I wasn't expecting. And it's literally like the thing I'll go about. Like, oh man, I was in absolute state. I was in tears watching this movie. You need to get on it. <laughs> like, literally, if there's, it's weirdly become like almost the film that I go and, and push to people. I was just like, you need to watch this, you need to watch this. So basically the guy, all male fam- members of the family can travel back in time. And, you know, they, they say some people use it for success and some people use it for, you know, to explore the world or whatever. But if you're doing it right, you're going to use it for, for love, which is of a cringy to start. And you're kind of like, ah, it's, it's it. But it gets, it's basically, you know, like this guy and he finds the girl of his dreams, but he keeps mucking up. So he's going back again, but then it's their life together. And like, you know, how do you use the time, this time traveling aspect of his life? And, and then it just, it just, it just hits you in some bits that honestly, I was, I was a state watching this movie just because I went, I went in, valentine's day like five years ago and then like wasn't expecting anything thinking this is just gonna be another run-of-the-mill shit romance film and then uh, like everyone i was watching with pure tears right so if it makes me cry you need to watch it and it's available on netflix i think it might also be available on now tv um i'm not sure it's a it is a great movie you need to watch it brian I'll, i'll add it to the list yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so, my pick. This is a lot. Um, it is. I'm gonna get, drop some clues. the The film won a Saturn Award in 1990 for the best horror movie. Horror's oh. not something you necessarily think of when we're thinking of this time of year, but it's a fun horror. Mine is um, the 1988 classic <laughs> Beetlejuice. I oh. think. Ah. <laughs> I fucking love this film so much I've always loved it This is one of the ones I saw when I was a wee boy as well And it's just mm-hmm. stuck with me Because this is and This is going to sound ridiculous Because he became an Oscar nominated actor This is the best work Michael Keaton ever did <laughs> In my opinion This is the best This is the benchmark to which he has yet to like reach again <laughs> he's not shattered that glass ceiling he is amazing even though he's only in the film for like fucking 12 minutes or something he's perfect it's such a funny good adventure kind of spooky ghost story um mm-hmm. alec baldwin's amazing and people always forget alec baldwin's in this has the kind of the the triple with him and gina davis and um i forget her name uh winona Ryder, sorry the kind of mm. chemistry between those three is the kind of awkward stepdaughter, which obviously evolves into that. But I just think they've got such good chemistry together where they're fighting off Michael uh, Keaton, and Michael Keaton is like a, I don't, a charisma atom bomb in this film. <laughs> Every time he is on screen, you're like, what is this guy doing? Because he's so good. I'm actually very upset he never won. 
every award going for the his portrayal of Beetlejuice. Um, I just it's only on for an hour and a half. It is one of the few Tim Burton films that I actively enjoy and like because uh, mm. I don't like his whole kind of thing. Um, and it's just it's just such an enjoyable. There's the the kind of the with the possession scene where he makes them all sing, and um, I forget the song. Um, but the song's called. But anyway, they're outside having dinner, and then they possess them on. They all start singing and dancing, and it's just wee things like that. Wee things, big scenes, kind of like they just it just flows so well. Like I, the, I'm trying to get the words in the movie. Uh, yeah, it's just it's just it's perfectly paced. The story's amazing. It's not too horrific or, or gory that young kids couldn't watch it. There's some foul language a wee bit, but it's it's I'd still consider this like in a family film that everybody can enjoy. Um, there are obviously wee scary bits, but there's then there's supernatural stuff. But it's just it's just such a good easy watch. You don't have to ever have to sit down and go, "Gotta watch Beetle just now." Everything else turned off, phones down, you know. <laughs> d- 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 unplug the phone. We're watching Beetle just. It's you put it on and you enjoy it, and uh, that's the whole point of this. The exact opposite of Lawrence of Arabia. I don't know why that's on this list. And I was like, ah, just just the easy films to watch. Four hours Lawrence of Arabia, I'm in the fucking Turkish and British war. Uh, so. Yeah, Beetlejuice <laughs> makes up for it. Beetlejuice is a is a is a really good, um, like it was one. It was a film that I watched over the course of us doing this podcast. Like I hadn't seen it before, and you were mentioning it. I think you done it in like your films that could have a sequel. Yeah. Um. So it was actually a film that I thought, oh, you know what, man, I'll just I'll just do it. I'll just watch it, and I'll just put it on for twenty minutes, see what it's like. And I was like sitting down on my phone while I put it on, and then. 15 minutes in the phone was gone and I was just into it and I watched the entire film it was really funny it's like that because that's the thing like I just I just I struggle with a lot of comedies like I know I've I've I put a comedy into this and boldly claimed it to be the best of all time but like I do I struggle quite a lot of times where it's like especially when I'm watching comedy movies myself that's such a, a massive like I remember the first time I went to see Ted at the cinema with my mates and I was like mate this shit's hilarious <laughs> and then I watched it at home I bought it on Blu-ray and I watched it at home myself and I was like this is really bad <laughs> this movie I do not like this film so it, it's so dependent on that but this was one of the few films that like I watched myself I was laughing myself it, just quite enjoying it it is that quirky like it's only half an hour long so it's really quick and all the characters bounce off each other and they're really just like an enjoyable way and it also though it also had this real pang of sadness to it just because i was like you know um what did you say that it was alec baldwin and her gina davis gina davis they're such a, they're such nice people and you're like but they're dead <laughs> <laughs> so like that that was thing. but actually that i really i really enjoyed that um i'm gonna i'm gonna go on to this is my I've got one more film that's kind of serious, but this is my this is the serious film of my picks. Uh, I've actually done in a different order because I'm uh, I think you'll like my last pick possibly. Right. So I went for a film that's on Amazon. This is us moving over to Amazon now, and it's it's quite a long film. It's got quite a fair few characters in it, and it, I will also point out I've only seen it once, and I saw it about three years ago. But it's stuck in my mind because it it plays with some stuff in terms of its structure 
Um, and that film is called The Place Beyond the Pines. Have you ever seen this movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really like The Place Beyond the Pines. Really, it's quite a serious thing. You get Bradley Cooper, you get Eva Mendes, you get Ryan Gosling, and it's all about, you know, like, Bradley Cooper's a cop, uh, Ryan Gosling's a, he, he's a, like, what was it, a circus motorbike stunt yeah. guy? Um, and he's he's all, you know, trying to do these robberies with, is it, I can't remember if it's his cousin, but it's Ben Men- Mendelsohn that's in it that's the guy that's trying to get him into this stuff I think yeah I, I don't think I've seen this film like in about 8 yeah. years <laughs> but I just remember it's really it's quite a it's quite a sad movie but it goes in directions I don't think you would quite expect it splits it up quite nicely into yeah. kind of three segments that I just felt you know when you start this movie you're like I know how this is going to go and it kind of does go that way but then it goes beyond that in a, in a way that I found really surprising and everyone's like everyone's great in this I mean like Ryan Gosling I don't know like I always think I really like him but I also think he's got a very tight niche of the kind of characters that he can play but this is one of those roles you know like sad mopey type put him in there put a wee tear tattoo or whatever he's got <laughs> in his face and, and that'll work perfectly I think this is maybe where he met Eva Mendes and then because he's married to her now I don't know he's <laughs> not up to date on your <laughs> no, celebrity no. relationships no um, sorry but yeah I, this it just it's hard to say I can't really talk too much about what makes it special without yeah. really ruining it yeah but I think it, it's it's just one of those ones you need to sit down go through it and I think a lot of people who are in the mood for a more serious somber drama are going to really enjoy it because it will stand apart from other films of that type and that, that's about as much as I can say about that. But I just, when I was flicking through a lot of films, uh, you know, I was just going through all of the streaming sites, just going like down, down, down the list. And then when I saw Place Beyond the Pines, I was like, oh, like that was the one that kind of jumped out to me. I was like, that is a quite a special movie on there. Even though like, again, I, I've been meaning to actually watch it for ages, but I've only seen it the once, but really, really, it stuck with me. And it's all, even though it's been years since I've seen it, so that is that's that's my serious pick of the of the bunch. <laughs> yeah, my Lawrence of Arabia. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like it. I like it. I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. You, this is this is my last one on now TV. So you're gonna have to strap yourself in. I am Whoa. not gonna try and half-ass the synopsis. I'm gonna read you the synopsis, oh. courtesy of IMDb, because this is how seriously this film needs to be taken. And uh, I go, <laughs> okay. I go on about this film a lot. Okay, so right, I'm ready. Wyoming, early 1900s. <laughs> Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid are leaders of a band of outlaws. After a train robbery goes wrong, they find themselves on the run with a posse hard on their heels. The solution: escape to Bolivia. This film is as close to perfect as I think you can get. For me, for me as a viewing audience, I fucking love this film. Uh-huh. Paul Newman <laughs> is perhaps my favourite actor of all time. Perhaps. There's only one or two names that go up there alongside him. His work, and it's such a gosh darn shame that they never did more, his work with Robert Redford as an on-screen duo is almost untouchable. The chemistry they have together and the the charisma each man possesses individually is just 
otherworldly. They don't make them like these two guys anymore. I fucking love these two guys individually. I love them together, and I love this film. If you have not seen Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, you fucking need to. It's amazing. <laughs> See the amount of times I say I'm going to watch Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. It's more than you would think, and the amount of times I actually end up doing it is also a lot more than you would think. <laughs> I, I just love just, it. Just for some reference here, he's getting so excited, his webcam was shaking. I know. I, was, I know. <laughs> just I'm vibrating here. Yeah. This guy's going on about Butch Cassidy. I've not seen it. It's, oh, <laughs> I know. I, 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 I'm not surprised with that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it's as popular as maybe I think it is. But it's it's just one of those classic Hollywood films. It's it's it, it's ah uh, yeah. It kind of it kind of elevated. It started. This is when like Paul Newman and Robert Redford kind of kind of like blew the, the doors open, so to speak, on on each of their careers. I think Butch Cassidy and Sundance was like they're kind of big, right? These guys have arrived. A Paul Newman was was big before it, but I think this was Robert Redford's first kind of. I'm sure it was. I'm, I'm sure this thing wasn't before Butch, Butch and Sundance. Uh, could be wrong. Could be completely wrong. My Robert Redford and, and Paul Newman history there, but I'm fucking sticking with it because I'm on a roll. <laughs> but <laughs> <on> a roll. <laughs> this is it's a western, obviously. Um, I don't know if that's obvious. 1800 Wyoming. I don't know what other fucking film would be set in that time frame. So <laughs> it's a western, but it's also a film about friendships and adventure film. There's romance elements. It's it's got one of the best endings ever, just ever. I, I just start to finish. This film is amazing, and if you have no TV, you have got no reason to not watch Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. What? It was even even uh, Brad Pitt referenced it in his Oscar-winning speech. That's how <laughs> that's how fucking highly acclaimed this film is. <laughs> that's that's the if you weren't uh, convinced. <laughs> Now you are. Yeah, <laughs> I can say something about he, he knew he wanted to be an actor when he was sitting in the movies and and Saturday after this watching Butch and Sundance, and I was like, "Fucking right, Brad Pitt. Fucking right. <laughs> You're all right, it's baby." A, it's another one. It's another one I've been meaning to watch for a while. We should we see if we ever get in like bloody t-shirts or anything. I've just got to be like <laughs> me saying like oh, I've actually never seen that one before. <laughs> that's yeah. that's our first that's our first uh, catchphrase. Yeah. <laughs> So, I I so like how many? I've got one more because like I I've got a lot of, I have a big list, right? I tried to narrow it down to like five. I've got my fifth here. How many more do you have after this? I've I'm gonna take uh one two three. I've got five. Fair right. Yeah, Are we, five. We, we, we'll we'll step up the pace because I've got some right. I right. don't want to be here for two hours just talking about random movies. But my last one right is actually a trilogy but they were all available on amazon prime so i thought it had to it had to be done and this i don't think there has been a spy thriller close to touching these movies since they came out and those films are the born trilogy born identity born supremacy born ultimatum excellent films that actually as much as they are you know ripped for for their style they reinvented action cinema and it wasn't always it didn't always have a positive impact just because you know 
people use that as an excuse like we're gonna vibrate the camera and that makes it good action because you can't fucking see anything that's happening but this movie done it in a way that it was like so frenetic that you are you are freaking out man you were just like it, it felt so visceral i mean matt damon fighting with inanimate objects like a pen a newspaper or a magazine or whatever he'll fight with them all he'll use all <laughs> of them and it's it is great these are these are films that feel especially when you go into supremacy and ultimatum that feel like they know exactly what they want to be like they put a lot of work into you know the style of film that these wanted to be in terms of the cinematography in terms of it's almost like documentarian in, in a way don't don't you think like the, yeah. the way that they're shot and stuff it just it, and all of that just makes it feel like such I don't know, it's such a good time and just when I saw those movies sitting there because I went through a phase not a phase, I just I, there was a bit where I loved those movies where I was like, man, those things are the best and they were like part, like some of the films that kind of made me interested in cinema as well because I was just very it was the first time I think I properly noticed how the way that you shoot something can change how you feel about it because I think, you know, you've got some really good cinematography in there no, sorry, uh, choreography in there that makes those fight scenes special but the way that it pairs up with its cinematography I can't remember who filmed the first one but it was Paul Greengrass who does the second and third I think or is it the other way about was it Paul Greengrass who done the first I'm not I'm not sure I think I think he done the second the supremacy and ultimatum sadly the franchise obviously does go on you know with the Bourne legacy with Jeremy Renner which tried to take away that props to it for not being a, a, a carbon copy it, it tried to make things all smooth with its cinematography, but that was an immensely boring film. But, uh, and then Jason Bourne was, all right, I, I I thought Jason Bourne was okay. Have you seen that one? Yeah, that, that, was, that, was, that was pretty decent. It, it was all right, uh, but it wasn't quite... Yeah, they'd, quite they'd, lost, they'd lost the magic by that point, I think. And when they, they tried to be like, Jason, you want to come back into the CIA or whatever it was, and you're like, you're really going to try and start a franchise? This was your chance to like, I was going to say to end it properly, even though you ended it properly really well yeah. in the last one. But like, if that's what I went into that movie expecting, and then they were like, "No, this is actually we're trying to start things up again." And you're like, "Nah, mate, nah, you're all right." But I think the Born trilogy is a great, just a a fantastic time, and I think it's a, it's approachable for a lot of age ranges because I think I was quite young when I saw these movies, and I was like all about yo, it's crazy car chases and really cool fights, and it's not. It's almost like the implication of violence in a lot of the scenes, like when he's stabbing him with the pen. You're not really seeing blood or anything. Yeah. You're like, oh, you know, you hear it and you're just kind of freaking out like that. But it's never so violent that a lot of these these kind of films would go because it is quite, it is actually quite a mature film, and that's why I actually really enjoy enjoying it as a younger viewer and then growing up a bit more to then watch them and be like, oh, there's actually a lot of there's actually a lot of stuff in here that's pretty cool as well. Like in terms of the storyline, so yeah. I think the Born trilogy is a great like if you're going to watch, you know, if you want some like a series to watch over the whole, whatever you know you're in the house for over the Christmas period, then Born trilogy will have you set. Yeah, I I bought that, watched it once, loved it, and I've never watched it again. I don't know why. I, I've seen it a few times, and I think it also progressively ups the ante like a wee bit with each film. Yeah. Because the the first the Born Identity is actually a really really small movie, you know, like a big a big you know set piece is him shimmying along, 
an you know like a wee ledge of a building yeah and then try to jump down or and like it ends with just like one bad guy was it clive owen Who's the bad guy in that? I, f- I fucking can't remember. I-, I think it might be. But it's like, you know, one guy in a farmhouse and Jason Bourne's got his shotgun and then it just, it gets a wee bit more and more to like, Burn Ultimatum has some insane car chases blasting through New York City. Um, but man, these are good films and I think, I don't think, I'd say that's probably the best Matt Damon's ever been. I don't know if Matt Damon's ever really... I like Matt Damon, I like some of the films he's been in, but to be honest, I think this is probably some of his best work. Yeah. I know a lot of people would probably say The Martian, but uh, you, I mean, you for sure, you you love The Martian. I do love The Martian. I'd say this era though, because he did, right in the middle of that, he did The Departed as well, so this is probably when he was doing his best work, yeah? Yeah, aye, so, Born Trilogy, I like yeah, that Yeah, those kind of six, seven years in, in the middle mm. of the mid-2000s, definitely. I mean, he's still, I think he's still great today, but... Uh, he is, he is, he's still, I would possibly like i'm always i don't always go and see his films but at least when when i consider going to see them because yeah. i like his films yeah I'll, uh, I'll definitely if it's one of those he's one of those names like if i see on the poster i was like oh matt damon's in that oh what's that whereas I, I don't have that many kind of it's not even like a big name factor a big name draw it's just it's just a name who's who i know puts in solid work whereas yeah. you know I, I don't want. I don't want to shit in anybody and say, "Oh, I'm not going to go and see that just because he's in it." But I want to recant <laughs> a formal statement because I'm a flipping idiot. I'm trying to cut down on my swearing for all our, our viewers. <laughs> uh, but I, I just I can't believe I completely forgot, and I'm so ashamed about saying that uh, this was the first big thing that Paul Newman was in. I'm so ashamed because it was in, two years before. It was in perhaps my third or fourth favorite film of all time. Cool hand look, and that got released in 1967, and that is that is that, that is, is embarrassing, mate. Amazing. I, I mean, I, it was also in the Hustler in fucking 1961 or two. Uh, <laughs> in the fucking Hustler. <laughs> but I just, I just, I had to put that out there in case people thought I wasn't a true Paul Newman fan. You've shown saying, yourself to be a hack. I know, but uh, so that was his first film. That was Robert Redford's first kind of band. I, Raging, don't raging worry, we'll have a new Brian back next week. <laughs> but yeah, also, I don't, I don't even think it's on any of the streaming sites, which is why I didn't include it. But yeah, if you can get a hold of Cool Hand, look, I mean, <sighs> I mean, saying all this, any, any of these movies that aren't available, like if there's any in particular, say you've, you've watched it on Netflix, or like you, we've mentioned Netflix movies that aren't available there, Amazon Prime, you don't even need to have a subscription; you can just rent the movies. Which yeah. Which is where a lot of the the I was going to say the budget of the film aspect <laughs> goes is into renting movies off of, off of Amazon Prime. But uh, I, I I go like every week that we have movies to buy, I'll go down to like the wee shops with the second hand DVDs, and I'll like every week just be me sitting <laughs> going through every single title because they're not in order a lot of these places, and then just never it's never there. It's always like twenty copies of Love Actually, and never the ones that I actually I know. want. But um. We should also yeah. say at this point, uh, you know, 10 or 12 films in, whatever we are, these are only for the UK versions of Netflix. Oh, and yeah, yeah, I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> I mean, usually the American version's better. Yeah. But there's I, some well, titles that well. are, um, some titles have and some, and uh, yeah, they, they do differ, uh, yeah. Prime and and uh, Netflix, UK to US. Mm. So this is for you, any of our American listeners out there. These, I, I don't know, I've, I've got no idea if, if these titles will be on 
the US versions of yeah. Netflix are, are prime, but these are for this is but for again the like we're saying with Amazon, like six, you can see uh, if Amazon's a thing in America, isn't it? Like yeah. Amazon Prime. Yeah, yeah. Not not Amazon. The company <laughs> just like it's a UK exclusive. That guy. Um, so I've got a uh, like you, you hit it with some of your your. Right. Are, are we calling them honorary mentions? Uh, well, I'm going to take one out. Um, well, I'm getting one. I'll, I'll say an honorary mention, and then go into one of my actual choices. Um, an honorary mention available on Amazon Prime right now is Mark Campbell's favourite film, The Princess oh. Bride. <laughs> Mark Campbell, for anybody that doesn't know, is a guy we used to work with at the cinema who loves film. Yeah. Who's always going about film. Not just it's like Mark Campbell. Oh, the highly revered critic Mark Campbell. We should have left it in and uh everyone be looking up who is Mark Campbell. <laughs> oh, wait, yeah. Princess Bride's on Amazon Prime. The Princess Bride is such a fun, funny, like action adventure film about pirates and you know princesses and whatnot and it's just it's, it's a it's a really really nice it was a lot better than i thought it was going to be i've been trying to get people to watch it but i think the title puts people off <laughs> literally like amelia this is one of the few films that amelia was like trying to get me to watch and we started it like but it was literally like the logos weren't even done and i was just like i don't know if i'm feeling it I turned it off <laughs> <laughs> so, it's been, so I never got to see that one probably some of Rob Reiner's best work as a director as well they split it up nicely because it's uh, I can never remember his real name but Columbo is reading his his grandson the, the, the book The Princess Bride and then they keep on coming out the story to close it or, or, or just splitting up the story that way and it's, it's really uh-huh. it's a real fun ride so that's one of my uh, honorary mentions another honorary mention no I'll go into one of my actual films available on Netflix the first film I ever bought on Blu-ray Paul Blart Mall Cop it's oh, <laughs> such a shit movie. I fucking love this film. Oh, I think I it's it. so funny. I, I I love Kevin James. I, I just I absolutely adore everything he's in. I think he's hilarious. Um, and I think I'll still to this day still laugh at every single gag in Paul Blart Mockup. I just think it's so hilarious. I just think it's very dated as well. We are the kind of segue humor. You know, where they've got those that stupid scooter, and then it's like uh, um, X Games guys heisting up the mall, and they're on BMXs and like parkour folk. And I just there's so many. It's stupid, but it's not stupid to a point where it's unfunny or unenjoyable. It's very much a kids movie. It's one hundred percent directed <laughs> towards children. But I highly disagree with all of the points and for the record my face has been screwed up for the past two minutes since you're talking about this I love, I love this film so much I just think it's hilarious I love the, the, his style of, Kevin James' style of humour The funniest thing I think to come out of Paul Blart Mall Cop was literally I was I don't even know where this was from but there was a joke in a movie that I just watched recently where they say that they missed an opportunity by not calling it calling him Paul Blop, so it's like Paul Blop Mall Cop. <laughs> I don't know why I found that funnier than the entirety of this movie. So, uh, um, nah, you're talking shit. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna rattle through some okay. that I think are kind of very good uh, films that you should be watching that are available on some of these services. Um, I believe. It is Netflix, right? So we've got some Netflix films. We've got Me, Earl, and The Dying Girl, which is a kind of quirky, like, two best pals who make 
uh, these kind of weird short films and then they have this girl who's got cancer I believe and it's just like their relationship with this person but it's like it's kind of funny and it's kind of quirky it's all about like oh when we're in school you got like the different types of people and all that so it's like it plays on like a high school comedy thing but it's actually really funny and it's actually really heartfelt again only seen it once was one of those films I saw at the cinema that was like a like a, a secret screen or something like that so I went in completely blind which I really liked about it um Another film, another Dom Hall Gleason uh, picture is Ex Machina, which is superb. Actually, the first movie that I went to see at the cinema myself because I was fucking sick of trying to convince folk to come with me and then be like, ah, it's all right. So I was like, <laughs> you know, I'm just going to go myself. I don't care. Uh, that was my barrier because for so long I was like so embarrassed to go to the cinema myself. But then when I realized that I would go to the cinema five times a week if I could and you're not going to be able to find the mates that are going to come with you all of the time unless they're also insanely into film so I was just like fuck it I'm going myself and I actually saw it two days in a row because I loved it that much because then I was like I mean you're coming with me because this movie's great <laughs> so that's that's another really good one on um would I, would I just say Netflix yeah got a sport Nightcrawler love a bit of Nightcrawler it's available Jake Gyllenhaal at his best just great film Gone Girl Fincher's best I would I would say yeah. Oh, I love that movie so much. That is also one of those films I find highly rewatchable, even though it's just like, it's a mother mystery and once you know, you know, or whatever. And it's two and a half hours long. Great movie, that. Also, and something that plays on the formula, I think, is um, not the formula, but it's like his presentation style is searching. Have you seen that? No. It's it's the guy from Harold and Kumar. And I think he's Harold out of the two. <laughs> I have no idea. I've never watched that. <laughs> but... I think his name's John Cho. I'm not sure if I'm just making that up. Yeah, yeah. I think I know who you're talking about. But his daughter goes missing and he it's entirely based in a computer. So it's all laptop screens and Facebook calls and stuff like that. And basically this guy, he's trying to solve the mystery of what happened to his daughter and why she went missing. And he does so by going basically going through a computer and he's finding clues and stuff through all of these wee things and in um uh the uh, in our laptop and it's all about like you know these profiles she made and who's this person and contacting through that and it does have the kind of like dramatic messaging you know like you'll type something out and it'll linger and it'll like delete and then it'll do like a <laughs> okay like valentine love you or whatever you know so it, it it does ham things up a wee bit but i actually found it for something that's based entirely in screens i actually found that they'd done it in a way that kept things quite the pacing up quite well yeah uh so that's like that's a great movie if you if you if you want to see that one uh i'll let you go for a few cool i only have uh well a couple left i am gonna go to amazon prime now and it's uh, a film that won tommy lee jones his oscar for best supporting actor Whoa. as the fugitive starring harrison ford um, I just yeah. think this film is amazing. <laughs> it's a, All these films, it's a great film. <laughs> it, is, it is just such a good action, suspenseful mm. film that is again. I think like all of the films I've chosen, maybe not Lawrence of Arabia, is is fit for like a family watch. Nothing mm-hmm. really bad happens in this film. It's mm. just an exciting time of Harrison Ford trying to prove his innocence that did he kill his wife, and you know Tommy Lee Jones is 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 completely taking all personal feelings. That he's just doing his job. And I, uh, it's another bit where he's like, "I didn't kill my wife." He's like, "I don't care." I, oh, I, I just I think the fugitive. Um, I've seen it so many times over the years, but I will 
in a heartbeat watch it again no problem whatsoever that's I a might, great movie yeah even, I really enjoy that yeah I probably watched that quite soon actually uh, it's just <laughs> when I saw it on Prime because I was looking through to see what was on and I saw that and it had to be my next one I'm going to jump back to Netflix and it is um, it's just such a lovely lovely <laughs> film <laughs> okay, what is this? Willy Wonka, The Chocolate Factory. I think that is a film for all seasons, and it has everything in it that you could enjoy and watch at you know Christmas time and uh, during the holidays. It's just such a, it's just such an iconic, great, wonderful, feel good, happy film with songs and dancing. And Gene Wilder is ridiculous, ridiculously good. That guy, I f- I feel. As if he doesn't get the kind of recognition he deserves now that he's well now that he's passed away, but he, he stopped doing movies twenty years ago, twenty five years ago, and has comedic as as force as a comedian and as as kind of like his presence as an actor is is otherworldly. The guy just does stuff that nobody else can do, and him as Willy Wonka is up there with the most perfect castings of all time. Um, and I'll say that about most of his films in, in which the roles he's cast. I just think he is tremendous. I think the relationships between all of the characters, the relationship between Charlie and Grandpa Joe and those two and Willy Wonka and just the, the mystery of how does all this stuff happen and the build-up and, and just the way this film goes from start to finish is is amazing. It's, it's a film everybody should see at a very young age because I did as well. And I just think it's one of those films that stays with you for like, the rest of your life and that's how I feel about Willy Wonka I just think it's just such a nice nice family I'm gonna I'm film. gonna offend you here you hate by it? saying that you never seen it I prefer Charlie and the Chocolate fuck Factory fuck off fuck As off a, I, wa- I was I was of of the age that I was when the, these movies came out <laughs> I would have been uh-huh. a bit I think I would have been about 8 because I'm sure Charlie and the Chocolate Factory came out in 2005 yeah I was 8 years old and I had watched the original, and then I was just like, I don't know, you know, you get the guy from Pirates of the Caribbean, and I would, that, you know, you tell me Jack Sparrow's in this movie. <laughs> Entertainment factors going up, I don't give a fuck what happens in that movie. At that age, I was like, Jack Sparrow's in it, or oh, she's gonna be in the next masterpiece. <laughs> so I, I don't, I'm sure, I'm sure that if I watched them now, yeah, but like, see, when I think, even when you said Willy Wonka and the fact Chocolate Factory, I was like, you mean Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? Because like, that's the one that I would go to. That's the one that I uh, think of when I think, of, you know, like Violet blowing up into a big ball or whatever. And yeah. when I think of Grandpa Joe, I think of that Grandpa Joe and a wee Freddie Highmore is Charlie. So I, that's probably quite a travesty, and, and we're going to drop in a few listeners now. But I, I'd say so. <laughs> <laughs> but that that is my my association with that franchise. And my last my last one, my last pick, and I've purposely saved this for last because okay. this is if you are of a certain age, this is the Christmas slash New Year's Day film for you. This was on mm. every New Year. I think it was more of a New Year film, and it is 1963's The Great Escape. This is the Christmas film. This is the <laughs> ultimate. <laughs> Christmas film I adore this film I love it so much it has got one of the best casts of all time Steve McQueen James Garner Richard Attenborough but Charles Bronson Donald Pleasance uh, James Coburn among others <laughs> it's just 
So it's all set in the well for the most part in the prisoner of war camp and they're trying to tunnel out and they get Steve McQueen to have his kind of fake escapes to take the, the attention away from their tunnels and stuff and just the interaction between the characters and I say that a lot because that's what makes films for me is how the characters bounce off of each other and how they they move around about the scenes and move around about the locations and the great escape I, I don't think I would ever be able to do it justice with a description because obviously it's all based on a true story and you don't get you know, Christmas in, in the UK with a good war film. And this is one of the <laughs> best war films of all time. I just think everybody, Steve McQueen, I see, I've been saying it a lot, but I've, I've been talking about films that I, I've made on a list for a specific reason. Steve McQueen is possibly the most charismatic, naturally charismatic actor I think I've ever seen. It just has, see when you see him on stage, on stage, on screen, even in these younger roles, you're like, that guy's a fucking movie star. That guy is <laughs> a movie star. And that's that's how he he carries himself through all those films, like Bullet, The Towering Inferno, anything that he's in. He's just, holy shit, that guy is one of the last kind of golden age real movie stars. And it just carries that way from such a young age. And I, I just think, I think Steve McQueen's amazing. Fucking love him. <laughs> yeah. Never seen a movie with Steve McQueen. Ah. Oh. Mate. <laughs> at least I don't think so. It's but uh, nah, that guy, he, him, Paul Newman. I, I, <laughs> oh God, he's another one of my all-time favorite. No, actors. him and like Robert Redford and those guys that era. They're they're the last kind of. I would honestly, they're the last real. That that cut sort of if you were big in the late sixties, proper mm. you know golden age style. Aye. But you know, slick back hair, you know, pomade in the hair, suits, smoking cigars and drinking a scotch at three in the afternoon. Movie stars. <laughs> that's what those guys are. But I what I see them as and it's uh you don't you just you just don't you don't make them like that. And I, I honestly think Robert <laughs> Redford's probably the last one that's still alive. I can't even think of any more that are still alive that are of that era, that are of that kind of magnitude. Plus he's still hitting it with some films and yeah. good ones apparently as well. Yeah. The old I've man in the I gun don't... was fucking great. I wanted to see that actually I never got around to that one I think that was one that was only shown in central Glasgow like not the Silverburn one yeah so that, I saw that, that I saw it on the silver off. screen at the Odin. oh see I need to pay more attention to that when they open back up again because that's your opportunity to see a lot of uh, films that you missed yeah um, I've got a last couple probably ones I've mentioned before Amazon these are all Amazon shows What We Do in the Shadows great mockumentary vampires werewolves if you're into Taika Waititi with his whole like humour and Thor Ragnarok that is nothing compared to this movie because this is him like at his actual best like untamed kind of like before he became a bit of a meme yeah before he became too popular this is the kind of stuff that he was making he's in the movie himself and it is so so good like, yeah really really good movie I'd highly rewatchable as well that and it's, he did Hunt for the Wilder People as well didn't I he like, yeah, I, I think like those, Hunt those two I'd, I'd say it has I know that's a sort of a, a kind of cliche hipster thing to say I liked it before he was famous before uh, th- those movies are definitely those two, his best though. yeah easily easily like if I was to ever actually from the ones the movies that I've rewatched of his those are the two like they're the ones that I'll go back and I probably will watch them again at some point. Yeah. Um Edge of Tomorrow, Tom Cruise. Nah. Nice. Repeating the same day over and over again. Mech suits. That's <laughs> such a fun movie. 
Like, it's a great movie. And it breaks my heart that it really, it didn't even make the, the money that it needed to really. Like, there's been talk about a sequel for years. Yeah. And I just don't know if it's going to happen, to be honest. It feels about, you know, this movie's like six, seven years old now. And I'm sure that's actually one of the films I mentioned in the sequels. Yeah, thing. I think so. Like, I, I just, I love this movie. It is so, I just love a movie that takes a very simple premise. I, I mean, I'm a big time guy as well, like Groundhog <laughs> Day, but in a sci-fi war movie with Mexicans. That, I love it. And plus, Tom Cruise, I liked how they play the whole, like Tom Cruise is playing against type to start, but eventually becomes the Tom Cruise that you're used to. Yeah. I've really enjoyed that, that kind of thing. Um, i got a couple other wee suggestions here to be quick about it. If you've not seen Whiplash, you should wa- watch Whiplash. Very good movie. I don't think Brian agrees. No, I like Whiplash. I don't, don't like, like, like Damien like Giselle, but I like Whiplash. All right, okay. <laughs> um, I actually think it kind of went under the radar, especially because it came out just before the whole lockdown. But um, The Gentleman, Guy Ritchie. I had that in my list, but I, I, um, I don't know why I took I, it off. But I think I took it off to save time. But yeah, definitely, yeah, quite an enjoyable film. Knives Out. I mean, most I feel like most people in the UK will have seen this if they get Amazon Prime because it was like a one of Amazon's biggest movies that they had on there for a while. Like in terms of what's new, but Knives Out is a great, great movie, and that's me. I think. I think Knives Out went a long way. And kind of smoothing over stuff for Ryan Johnson after the Last Jedi. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. I'm back on board with him. Yeah, like if he makes I more really, movies like that, I really think then, it did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, that's been our, our very long-winded <laughs> selections of movies available on streaming platforms. If you do, you have like the five because originally we said top five films on streaming, but then we went and done about fucking 10 each yeah do you have like your five to run through them really just like say what they are i'll say yeah five i'm gonna i'm gonna throw it there just because it's december i'm gonna say uh butch cassidy and sundance kid i'm gonna say the goonies jingle all the way all available as well those three were for now tv and then if you flip to netflix i'm gonna have to say yeah just netflix with the great escape and willy wonk and the chocolate factory so butch and sundance goonies jingle all the way willy wonk and the chocolate factory and the great escape and I've got available on Netflix, Game Night, Upgrade, About Time, and then on Amazon, The Bourne Trilogy, and The Place Beyond the Pines of my picks with some other extra ones, obviously. Should, in there for, well, I'll, in there I'll well. throw in a few uh, extra special mentions as well, because I stayed away from film series or trilogies, but Indiana Jones on Netflix, mm-hmm. Hobbit Trilogy on Prime, I believe Lord mm-hmm. of the Rings is on Prime as well. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, Back to the Future is also on Netflix and now TV. Mm-hmm. So loads of loads of really really good, really good trilogies out there for you to sink your teeth I, into I'm, in these long yeah, winter I'm nights. Dying. I would have picked Lord of the Rings. I feel like I would have picked it, but then because we have like six and a half hours worth of content, <laughs> if you look back in our episodes about us talking about those three movies, I decided not to go in and talk about it. Plus, it's kind of like obviously, I feel like every day that is going to enjoy Lord of the Rings has probably seen it and everyone that hasn't seen it by this point is the people that like don't like fantasy films or whatever but yeah I, these are I, I just actually realised because Amelia was going on about this like what are your comfort movies what are the films that you would go to just because you you know you can't be bothered maybe you've been feeling shit you're at work whatever what would you watch and I was like I don't really know and for ages I was like I don't think I have a film like that but then I realised I think it is the Lord of the Rings because they make me feel happy they make me feel cosy just watching a good old fantasy trilogy and they're fucking epic as shit they're so cool they're just at some of the best moments of my 
entire like experience of anything cinematic, some of the best moments come from those films. So they are a great time. And I can't wait to get the 4K Ultra HD edition. <laughs> I'm so buzzing about it. I can't wait to watch it. Um, but yeah, we're on to our final wee segment. Have you watched much this week? Yeah, I watched a few things. Um... <laughs> I watched last weekend. I don't know if you saw, I, I posted it, but we watched uh, Killer Sofa. As part of a wee movie oh, yeah. club with my, <laughs> with my mates, which we've been requested to do an episode on. Um, shout out to Grant Corrigan, who, who requested we do an episode on Killer Sofa. He, wa- he wants us to do one on the Deep Blue Sea <laughs> series as well. <laughs> Killer Sofa was actually really enjoyable. Uh, it made fun of itself. It, it wasn't one of those kind of B-horror movie films. It was like, oh, you're a wee B-horror film. It was more of a comedy and like laughing at the fact of, of, of what came before it. And it was it was set in uh, New Zealand. It was kind of so that that style of humour set in Wellington, and it had one of the I can't remember his name, but Detective Gravy was one of the hobbits. <laughs> one of the guy <laughs> I think he played Nori, uh, so he was like one of the lead detectives in it. So that was weird. But <laughs> Killer, Killer Sofa, which is available on Prime, I should have used that as one of my picks. Um, <laughs> definitely. I also, as I said, um, I've been on a bit of a, a David Lean kick. So I watched Brief Encounter for the first time since I got made to watch it in college. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot more this time round. Uh, just, just such such a simple no idea what that is. Simple great film. It's it's just about these two kind of strangers almost. They meet in a train station by chance and then they fall in love, but they're both married kind of individually. Ah, right, okay. And then it kind of they, they they fall deeper in love and then he they kind of get found out, but he gets called away to. Uh, because he's a doctor, he's, he he moves with his wife and kids to uh, Africa, so it just it's a kind of bittersweet ending sort of thing where, and it's all told sort of in flashback where she's confessing all this to her husband, right. but uh, it's just it's such it's only on for an hour and a half. It's such such a good film. Um, I also watched the David Lean epic Doctor Zhivago, which is it's just epic in every sense of the word. It's all about the kind of the Russian Revolution uh, with the czars and stuff, and and his his it's about all about his life uh, as as told in flashback as well. Big David Lean loves a flashback apparently. Mm. Alec Guinness, beautiful in this film. He's only in it for a few <laughs> scenes, but absolutely amazing. Um, I'm not Doctor Zhivago is such a a big thing. If uh, if you want to watch it, watch it for yourself. And then I also watched Kevin Hart's new stand up special. I can't remember the name of it, but I thought it was the best stand-up he has done in a long time it was really really funny it was kind of set up like it was supposed to be in his basement sort of thing like he's his i don't know if it was or not but everybody's wearing you know masks and they're socially distanced and there's only maybe 50 people there but mm. it was non-stop uh hilarity watch the new jumanji it was all right he it's not as good as the he last was the one. best bit. He was hilarious playing the kind of young Danny Glover. I thought that was mm. the best bit of the entire thing. And then I watched Hamilton last night, so that's me. Watched Hamilton actually. Said no much. That's, that's been a that's <laughs> been a busy week for I you. Know. I know. Um, I uh, well because I was literally just playing vi- that video game all week. Uh, I didn't get the chance to watch too much. I've I, well, I've got three things here. So I finally, finally finished New Girl, which. Oh my god! What a what a shit show! <laughs> I, I I like I started. I I liked it to start. A lot of the cast are very likable, but you know 
watching it in quite quick succession, only 20 minute episodes, the first five seasons or something have about 20 something episodes. Yeah. So it's a long, it's like it takes a while to get through it. But I slowly started, I think the thing for me with with, with these kind of shows is when you realise what they do, the formula that they get into, it, it takes away so much of the fun. And for me, it all stemmed from the main character, Jess, and I ended up despising her. Yeah. Where I was just like, all the issues that these people ever come across are because of her. And every episode starts... Oh, literally, I'm not even kidding. Like, almost every episode starts out with her making... Like, them saying, don't do that. She then does it. Chaos ensues. And at the end, she's like, I should have listened to you. And that is essentially how it goes every time. I, st- and I used I, to be I just- a big fan of that. I used to be a oh, really? big, big fan of you, girl. Um, and then I was the same as you. I started to hate her. And I think... It got so much better for those few episodes when she left and Megan Fox I, came in. And I, I literally was like, said that. I- <laughs> this should be the show. They should just have these guys in this apartment and it would be such a bit... Because they, they all play off each other really, really oh, they, well. They are really good. The the, the, the law... Um, that's like one of the guys from Game Night. Yeah, um, so, oh, Jake Johnson. And then Jake Johnson's Schmidt really good. and I- Lamont Morris. Lamorne Morris, that's who it was. Oh, as, was it? Uh, as Winnie the Bish. Yeah. Uh, like... <laughs> I love those characters and whenever like it's just them and their kind of stuff I was there for it because I just felt like they had the charisma whereas like Zoe Deschanel like I just I just don't I don't, yeah. I don't vibe with her at all I've never I never found her to be that likeable I didn't like her her kind of shtick you know like uh, Schmidt's supposed to be the kind of anal one and, and, and Nick's like a slob and then uh, uh, Winston's you know he's, he's kind of sh- quite sad actually but he's yeah. so positive about it because he's getting like his cat and all this <laughs> so like I thought I, I thought they all of those things I found individually funny but yeah um, but I just didn't I just not so much with Jess and it was kind of like the Ted Mosby effect because I think I, I used to like How I Met Your Mother and then my uncle just went Ted Mosey, Mosby is the biggest whining bitch to ever exist in television. And I was like, what? And I went to watch it. And I was like, yes, whining. And he's always making it about himself. And I got the same kind of thing here. And I don't really think the finale was all that great, to be honest. See, I never finished it. It it, it jumps ahead for its final season a few Aww. years. So it, it's kind of like everyone's... I don't know. There was just like... it didn't, And I think this is an issue these kind of shows struggle with where... You know, the whole conflict is putting a bunch of characters that don't exactly mesh together. You know, because like Nick's a slob, Schmidt hates that, he's so clean and stuff, and it, it, they play off one another like that. But then when it gets to those later bits where it's like, oh, well, you've got to the point now that everyone kind of loves each other. Like, it, it takes away a lot of the conflict. So it just, it doesn't, it didn't just, it just didn't feel the same. Um, it also just kind of left these story threads, like Rick, Nick. To spoil it, I'm just because it's been out a couple of years now. Are you? Do you mind? Do you want me to tell uh, you? I don't care. So Nick becomes a successful writer, uh. like his Pepperwood Chronicles. Yeah. I don't know if you got that far, but <laughs> they done like sell really well. And then basically towards the end, he's like, he's writers like, you need to write a new book or blah blah blah. And then he's saying he wants to go for this book. The editor says no, and he, then they're like, you need to just stand your ground. And he went and stood his ground, and then they went. He he was like, nah, I'm not publishing your book anymore. Yeah, and he's like, oh, I'm out of a job now. And then that's never talked about again. The show ends. So you're like, well, what happened to him? You know, what happened to that? And it ends in a stupid, like a prank. But I don't know. I think when it, it, it limped across the finish line for me, 
so bad like where i was just like yeah. thank the lord i can go into something else like I, towards the end i really just wasn't laughing i was just watching by habit like to be done with it yeah which is a real which is a real shame because it was it had its good bits um to continue my jake johnson thrill ride i then went and rewatched tag because <laughs> amelia i mean as i keep saying amelia's like not in the mood to watch like some challenge and stuff because i'm sitting there going like i've got the revenant and 4k ultra hd and she's like nah i'm not watching that let's watch tag and i was like oh fine so it's actually i can't lie it can't, it's funny it's stupid but I, like i kind of enjoy it um i don't think i like ed helms uh, <laughs> i've never liked him i don't never i liked think him. i think he works in a role like the office small smaller role kind of to the sidelines I think that works, but as somebody that's kind of supposed to be like the heart of the movie, nah. Plus, the boys get some gnashes on him, and you see the size of his <laughs> teeth. I kept thinking that. Well, also watched the first episode of The Queen's Gambit, which is apparently one of Netflix's most successful launches ever. It's a, have you heard of it? Yeah, it's a show about yeah. like a girl, but it's that typical kind of like. I think it's going for that like smart person, semi kind of autistic angle that, that a lot of these shows go for where she's like she's brilliant but she's also you know she had substance abuse and she's the best we've ever seen she's so good that like she'll be doing something so amazingly that she draws in an entire group of people who are all watching her but like what look at this girl play chess and when it finished its final episode i think i was like it's first episode i was like nah <laughs> I'm, I'm good i think i've, I've seen it before and yeah. also, as someone that doesn't play chess or doesn't know how to play chess, there's a lot of very dramatic scenes where they're moving things about, and I'm just like, yeah, very good, mate. I do not know what to do. <laughs> you know, I'm basing the importance off of their facial reactions because <laughs> I do not know uh, what any of this means. But that's been me. So <laughs> I, I went on about New Girl for way longer. I literally just had in my notes, finally finished New Girl. Thank God. <laughs> Got so repetitive. And I went on a spiel for about 10 minutes. Um, so thank you for listening every day we've been the film aspect uh if you want to give the show a follow we're at the film aspect on twitter we'll be posting updates about the show including well i suppose you'll be listening to it already i was going to say including when this episode comes out but if you're at this point you know you, you fucking know when it's it so uh yes follow us on there give us a like share with your friends reviews on apple Podcasts. that'd be good uh next week we'll be back and we're talking David Fincher's new film, Mank, which should be coming out, I think, the day that this episode comes out. So if you get that watch, we're going to be talking about that and possibly a wee bit of a... Whatever the relation is between that and Citizen Kane. Although we're, we were talking before, we're not sure how much it is. But we're going to go for that because it's, it's one of the bigger films to come out this year uh, digitally. Um, and also will be available on the film aspect... Uh, the film aspect. The recasting couch, where we recast films of old with current working actors and next week when you're listening to this episode Sin City will have just been before Fargo will be the week after on the Tuesday so we release those every Tuesday and every mainline episode on a Friday so yeah come back listen to us a bit it's been fun talking about a million different films a really unstructured <laughs> they're available all over the place but yeah, yeah hopefully you've got something maybe you've just watched one of those films instead <laughs> of listening to this episode but um, thanks everyone for listening and we'll see you next week. Cheers.